Bible there in Philippians chapter 1. We'll look at these verses together in Philippians chapter number 1 tonight. Church family, um, last, uh, I think it was last Sunday night, I, we just started this. I really felt impressed to do, um, to, to walk through, and I don't know how much if the Lord lost to all the Philippians, but uh, to do some of this because the kids in the school are memorizing the book of Philippians, and uh, they did the first, I think, 14 verses, if I remember correctly, and are doing that for September, and then I don't know what it is for October, but um, Philippians, of course, being that letter that Paul wrote uh, to the church at Philippi, Paul being in prison in Rome, and there's just several good truths, and I think it'd be helpful to the kids to understand what the passage is talking about in, as, as they're doing the memorization. And so last week, we looked at verses, I believe verses number 1 through 11, and it was Paul, basically, Paul was telling them, he says, I'm praying for you. If you look at your Bible, Philippians 1 there again, uh, in verse number 4, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. And of course, there's much, I won't re-preach the message, but in verse number 9, he, he says what that prayer is. In verse number 9, he says, and this I pray, and then we have the word that used three times. What did Paul pray? This I pray that your love may abound. In verse number 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent. And then also in verse number 10, that ye may be sincere and without offense. So what was Paul trying to say? Paul said, I'm praying for you, the church at Philippi, that, you will, that your love will grow, that it'll bound, that it'll be in excess. He says, I'm praying, second of all, that you'll have spiritual discernment to know what's best. And then he says, last of all, he says, I'm praying that you'll be without offense. Now, church, I mean, if, uh, if you're saved tonight uh, and you have not been offended yet, don't hold your breath because it's going to happen. All righty. And uh, as Christians, we have a tendency to do that. And so Paul says, I'm praying for the church at Philippi. And by the way, if you don't know what to pray for somebody, I think these would be three good things to pray. God, help that person to love and their love to be in excess. Father, would you please help this person have spiritual discernment? Father, would you please help this person to be without offense? Paul goes from that to another subject in verse number 12. And that's what we're going to look at tonight in verse number 12 down through verse 21. In verse 12, he says, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ, talking about his chains, talking about being in prison, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, by my chains, talking about being in prison, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, being in prison, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice, for I know that this uh, shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by my life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want you to go back and focus just on one verse, and then we'll pray tonight, and that's in verse number 12. Apostle Paul told the church at Philippi, but I would ye should understand, brethren, the things which happened unto me. I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight on that thought on why did this happen. Heavenly Father, Lord, would you again bless your word as it spoke tonight. May again we uh, see through your eyes tonight as far as what you want for us as individuals and as a church. And Lord, the things that happen in our life that we don't understand, thank you that you do. And thank you that you have a purpose as they just sang a few moments ago about Job and all that he went through. And he still said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Help us to be the same. God, help us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Church family, when Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, <clears throat> you have to understand that when you go back to the book of Acts, the converts that we know about Philippi is you have, as soon as they come into that region of Macedonia, Lydia, the seller of purple, gets saved. Uh, you have uh, the Philippian jailer gets saved. Um, and you have that uh, girl, that, that slave girl that, was, that he cast the demon out, gets saved. We don't know of any other converts when, on F Paul's first uh, really... Uh, time that he's there in Philippi, and then he's le then he leaves. But a church gets set sets up there, and uh, what an exciting thing to see church, a church set up, amen. And so this uh, church at Philippi, he's writing to them, and and you can imagine that these new believers looked at Paul and thought to themselves, wait a second here. The guy who led us to Christ, the guy who kind of helped us get our nucleus of believers to come together in church, he's in prison. Why is he is why is he in prison? The church, I mean, if you go back again, we're not going to, but tonight, if you go back to the book of Acts, what happened to Paul? Paul comes back to Jerusalem. He's worshiping in the temple. They take him prisoner, and then all of a sudden, he's going to go through a series of imprisonments until he finally gets to Rome because he appeals to Caesar, and he's writing from Rome, and he's telling the church at Philippi, I want to tell you why this happened to me. Now, tonight, with that thought, I want you to think about yourself tonight. You know, we're going through this, the, the COVID experience. We're going through a liberal administration when it comes to the leadership of our country. Some of you tonight are going through financial difficulties, and we have already had sickness go through our church more than one time. And we think to ourselves, why do these things happen? And I think that what Paul is about to tell the church at Philippi is the same reason God allows things to happen in our life. So let's look at what Paul says. Here's what he says now in your, in your Bible. He says in verse number 12 again, he says, but I would understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto what? <clears throat> the furtherance of the gospel. Now, church family, I know sometimes we lose sight about what God's trying to do, but can I just tell you what God's master plan is? He wants everybody to be saved. I want to tell you, there's people out there that doesn't, they, 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 I don't know what they do with their Bible, they just cut verses out. But 2 Peter 3, 9 says, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I know that God knows who's going to say yes, and I know who God knows who's going to say no, but we don't know who those people are. And Paul didn't know who they were. So when he's sitting in chains and he has the rotation, if I remember correctly, the Roman guards switched out every six hours. And you can imagine that that Roman guard, Paul had another audience. And every six hours in a 24-hour period, he'd get to talk to a different person and he'd be able to talk. Can you imagine being chained to Apostle Paul as he's writing under the inspiration of God this letter to the church at Philippi? Can you imagine being chained to the Apostle Paul and hearing the people who come to get to see him and he talks about how being saved and what saved is and knowing Christ as their Savior. I'm just telling you that Paul looked at everything as an opportunity. What opportunity? To further the gospel. Amen. The word further means the advancement of. Let's search family. I know that sometimes we get wrapped up in our life as far as working our jobs and, 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 and maybe the, the, the part of our families as far as spending time with them. But can I tell you, we can't lose focus that there are people who are going to die and go to hell and God's given us the opportunity to share your faith on the, about being saved. How many saved tonight? Say amen. amen. Then don't be ashamed of it. Amen. Can I just tell you that God opens doors for you to talk. You ever been under conviction that you had an opportunity to witness to somebody or tell somebody about Jesus Christ and you didn't do it? The time you had an opportunity to pass a gospel track, the opportunity that you had time to talk, that, that fellow that came tonight, I, I, don't, he, I don't think Wyatt's here tonight. Is Wyatt, Wyatt, if you're here, raise your hand. Okay, Wyatt's not here, good. Wyatt uh, is that person I had uh, recognized during the morning service, and of course he uh, is a worker over at, um, at Arby's, and, and uh, Wyatt, this afternoon, he stayed and he ate with uh, the church family. And by the way, I'm so thankful that when a visitor comes, you all talk to them. Amen. I want to tell you something. You're not, we would not be much of a church if a person could walk through the door and, and nobody said hello to them. 
all righty? And I know we've got visitors here tonight, and it doesn't matter to me to talk about it, but I'm just trying to tell you something. I've been to enough churches that you sit in there, and you have to go find someone to say hello to because nobody comes and says hello to you. That's not Christ-likeness, by the way. But Wyatt, he, 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 felt, uh, he felt welcome this morning, and, and uh, he's with Brother Barnabas, Brother Barnabas. And I, I know that Wyatt, I don't, at least in my opinion, I don't think Wyatt is saved, but Wyatt is open. And can I tell you, there are people like that that you come in contact with, that they are open to the gospel, and God allows things to happen into your life so that the gospel can be furthered. Amen. You know, you have a flat tire, and you think it's just about a flat tire, but it might be about the person who's stopping to help you with that flat tire. It's about the furtherance of the gospel. And Paul's telling the church at Philippi, Philippi, I want to just tell you the reason I'm in bonds. The reason I'm in bonds is for the furtherance of the gospel. Look at the next verse there in, after, in uh, verse number 13. He says, so that by, I'm sorry, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in where? All the palace and where else? You know what Paul recognized? Paul recognized that the people that were in the palace knew that Paul was in prison. You know, it's interesting when you look at some of the other verses about Paul. Paul wanted to go to Rome. In Acts chapter 19 and verse number 21, Paul said this. He said, I, after I get to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. In Romans 1.15, so as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now listen, I don't think Paul was looking to be a prisoner at Rome. He was looking to be a preacher at Rome. But he ends up being a prisoner in Rome, and he said, now listen, I'm not here by accident. I'm at Rome and I'm in prison and everybody in the palace and in all other places, they know that I'm here and it's all for one reason, for the furtherance of what? What's the gospel? It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the job that you're working, you don't really like. The job that you have, you wish you could find another one. But could it be the reason you're in chains, as you would look at it, the reason that you're in that job that you don't like, could it be that the reason God has you there is so that the gospel can be furthered? So that somebody could hear your testimony about how you got saved and how you can come to work and still have a joyful spirit in an unjoyful place. Paul said to the church at Philippi, I'm just letting you know that the reason this happened to me, I want you to understand why it happened to me. Uh, the reason I'm in prison, the reason I'm in chains, it happened to me so that the gospel can be furthered. Church family, Apostle Paul had to put up with a chain for the furtherance of the gospel. But can I just tell you, God can use whatever he wants to further the gospel. Think about it. The little lad had a what? Okay, it's in the Bible. The little lad had a lunch. And he gave those five loaves and two fishes. And guess what? God used it, did he not? Gideon had a pitcher. David had a sling. I'm just telling you, you just walk through the Bible and you'll find out that God can use whatever he wants to bring honor and glory to him. And in this situation, Paul's saying the reason I'm in chains, the reason I have this chain, is so that, I can, so that God can further the gospel. You know, I'm glad I'm saved tonight, and I know that forever I will be with God forever. I'm glad that God gave us a book that tells us what eternity holds for us. We understand according to the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 that the trumpet could blow right now. And the Bible says that there's going to be a shout that's going to be given, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain should be caught up together with the Lord in the air. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a teenager or you're an adult. If you're saved, the rapture could take place right now. We know that from the scripture. And what's going to happen? We're going to go up to heaven. Tribulation period takes place on this earth. And the Antichrist, he can have all of this. This is all going to burn, by the way. There will be a new heaven, new earth. 
At the end of the tribulation period, we get to come back with God in, on, on horses and Jesus is going to set his kingdom up and we're going to be with him for a thousand years while Satan is bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. And when he is loosed, the battle of Gog and Magog, he'll come back and deceive the nations for one last time. I just, I, to me, it excites me to know what the end of the story is. Fire is going to come down from heaven at the battle of Gog and Magog and it's going to destroy and Satan's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And then you're going to have the great white throne judgment that meant death and hell. Those who are killed at the battle of Gog and Magog and all those that are in hell and death and hell will be cast in the lake of fire. They're going to come before the great white throne judgment. Not to be say that, that it, there's a reprieve or that you're not going to. It, it's only to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. And at the end of the, of the great white throne judgment, a new heaven, new earth. And the Bible says in Revelation 22 that we're going to serve him and we're going to reign with him and be with him forever. We know what the end of the story is. So why would you want your neighbor to go to hell? Why would you want that person that you, you do business with on a regular basis to not know that Jesus loved them and died for them? Everything that happens in your life is not by accident. It's divine appointment. I know that we bring upon ourselves certain things that God allows in our life, but you know, isn't it a wonderful thing, even from the story of Job, Satan can't do whatever he just wants to do. He can only do what God allows him to do. Listen to me. There's some of you that are going to the public school in here. You have an opportunity to be that light and salt to, to further the gospel. No matter what your, what your situation is, whether it's a bad situation or a good situation, may we never forget that God left us here so that we can tell people about Jesus Christ. Quickly now, let me just point out these other two things. First of all that I see is why was it happening to Paul? Why was he in prison? It was to further the gospel. Look at the next thing, verse number 14. And many of who? Many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my, that's Paul, by my, what's the word? Chains, bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, let me just stop here. Paul says the phrase waxing confident, and he uses the, the phrase or the two words, more bold to speak the word. He, he makes this statement. Can I just tell you that the second reason that I see that Paul's in prison was to embolden the saints, to help others know. Have you heard the statement before? Well, they can do it. I can do it. You ever heard that statement before? I know you might say that's not a biblical statement, but that's what Paul was trying to say. He said, I'm put in prison and there are other brethren that see that I'm in prison and it's caused them to wax confident. You know, the proverb uh, that talks about confidence is interesting to me. It's, this is what it says in 21, 22 of Proverbs. A wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. Now, I don't know what you gather from that, but this is what I gather from it that there is strength where is there, where there is confidence. There's strength. You know what Paul was trying to say? I'm in prison and there's other brethren who now are waxing bold and not afraid to speak the word of God now because of what's happening to me. Can I just tell you what's happening to you might not be for you. It might be for some, another brother or sister in Christ. And it gives them that confidence. It gives them that boldness that, hey, listen, if they can go through it, I can go through it. If they can give the gospel, then I can give the gospel. Another, that's what Paul was trying to say here. Look at verse number 15. It's interesting. He goes a step further. Paul does. He says, some, talking about the brethren, some, verse 15, indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife 
and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Now, I'm sure you noticed it, but Paul said that there are brethren who were preaching Christ, some of envy and strife, some of goodwill, some of contentions, and some of love. Now, this is what I gather from what, what Paul's trying to say, is that there were other believers that didn't like Paul. And they were preaching Christ really against what Paul was trying to teach because they were trying to get a following from themselves maybe to a degree. And he says they're preaching this, the idea of envy and strife because they don't really like what I stand for, but it still causes them to preach Christ because they weren't preaching Christ before. We were in, uh, on, yesterday we were in uh, Topeka. So when he, it was all fellas yesterday, and, and so we were uh, door knocking, and after getting done, we were driving down uh, one of the main streets there in Topeka, and there were two ladies that were in dresses, and it looked like they were witnessing. And to be honest with you, it caught my eye, and the reason I caught my eye is you don't find very many people witnessing on the street. I mean, I know of a few, but they're usually from this church. And I know we're not the only ones, and I know there's people who give the gospel, but I'm just trying to say it's, it's very unusual to see somebody that we don't know. Not that there is not, but it, to me it's unusual. So when I looked at it, I took a second glance. I said, hey, who is that? I almost went back. But it looked like they were talking to these, other, these two other ladies that were on the street, and we did not. But can I tell you that there, what Paul was trying to say is there are brothers, others, brothers and sisters in Christ that were not doing the work of Christ, but when they saw Paul was in prison, they started to do the work of Christ. In other words, Paul influenced them, whether it was good or bad, Paul influenced them to get the gospel to others. Church, can I just tell you that your circumstance, yes, will further the gospel, but you, what, what happens in your life if you stay right and you keep Christ first, it emboldens others to do the same. The influence of others. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You know, your influence can cause somebody to go astray, but your influence can cause somebody to stay straight. Your influence could be one that will cause a person to get away from Christ, but your influence could, keep some, could cause someone to draw to Christ. Now listen, I know that we don't live our lives so that we can dictate, but we do live our lives to influence. All of us should be a godly influence. And we ought to be an influence to the lost as well as the saved. And Paul really was not talking about lost people here. Paul was talking about saved people here. So what was Paul trying to say? The reason I'm in chains, the reason this is happening to me is number one, because of the furtherance of the gospel. Number two, so that other saints would be emboldened to do what God would have them to do. Last of all, I want you to notice the last thing in verse number 18 with me. Paul says, I want to tell you, church at Philippi, why, why I'm in chains, why I'm going through this hardship. Verse number 18, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers. In other words, Paul was not talking about his salvation as far as being saved. He's talking about his salvation as being freed in, from prison. Through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. This is what I hope for, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also. What's the next four words? Christ shall be magnified. Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. And I've had a host of people that have come in and I say, listen, I don't know why, but I'm going to continue to pray. And we're going to ask God to turn this thing around. But can I tell you, 
out of all of life. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all glory of God. Life is not about us. Life's about him. Our family is not about us. Our family's about him. This church is not about us. This church is about him. That word magnify is interesting. I like it. And it's a simple definition, but here's what it means. Magnify. To make great. Now, I don't know about you, but how do you make God any greater than what he already is? The Bible says the ocean fits in the palm of his hand. Go figure that one out. Got a great God. You know, when you look at stars, you look at stars through a telescope. That telescope looks out far and stars that are huge. Some stars are the size of the earth. But because they're so far away, they look so small. And when you look through a telescope, the telescope enlarges so that you can see what's there. It doesn't make that star any bigger. The telescope seems to make it bigger. Can I tell you something? We can't make God any bigger than what he is, but we ought to make people look at our lives and they ought to think to themselves, boy, that's a big God. That's what Paul was trying to say. I'm in prison and I want Christ to be magnified in my body, whether it be life or by death. I don't mind being in prison as long as he is magnified. I don't care if Nero cuts my head off as long as he is magnified. God's great. Is God great to you? I mean, he is good to you, but is he great to you? Amen. You know, when we're going through hard times, we don't like people to cheer us up. You're going through a struggle in your life. You would rather, most of the time, you would rather a person grieve with you than to try to make you glad. When you're going through a hard time, you want somebody to listen to what you're going through. You don't want somebody just to say this is not important. You want, you want them to understand what you're going through. I just want you to know God knows what you're going through. He knows, he knows the hardships that you're going through your life. But can I just tell you that the hardships that you're going through your life, there's a reason you're going through your hardship. There's no accidents with this thing. This life that we have is no accident. He knoweth the way that I take. He knoweth the way that I take. He knoweth. What did Job say? They just get done singing about it. He knoweth the way that I take, and when I am tried, I shall come forth as gold. Job says, hey, listen, I don't like losing all of my children to death. I don't like losing all my wealth. I don't like all my servants going all over the places. I don't like the boils from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. But he knows about it. So why, why was Paul trying to explain to the Philippian church? He says, I just want you to know why I'm in jail. I want you to know why this is happening to me. It's happened to me so that the gospel can get to people that would have never gotten it before. He says the reason this is happening to me is so that there are other brothers and sisters in Christ that would be emboldened in their faith and think, if that can happen to Apostle Paul and he stay right and he can still do it and still have a good attitude, then I can stay right and I can have a good attitude. He said, thirdly, the reason this is that all these things have happened to me is so that God would be magnified in my life, that people would see how great God is. And we have a great God. Sometimes we go through trials and we don't like our trials and we forget that God's got a purpose for that trial. And I want to tell you something, Paul never lost sight of that. And he's in prison. All these guards keep switching out. People are coming to see him. He's being criticized by people outside the prison about his faith in Christ. But he says, it doesn't matter to me as long as Christ is preached. Amen. 
He always looked for the good because he knew that God had a purpose and a plan. Just tell me tonight, I don't know if you're going through a hard time. Maybe it's not now, maybe it'll be later. But can I just tell you, no matter what happens in your life, what we should be doing is we should make sure that we're furthering the gospel. We should live our lives so that we're an encouragement to embolden other saints of Christ. And we should live our lives to magnify Jesus Christ. That's what we should do. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?